My name is Renee Huang. I'm the founder of Wild Women Tribe and your host for the Ignite podcast. Today we're sitting down with Cree Cox and Sarah Sargent to talk about the topic of finding your inner voice and self-expression. So I'm excited to welcome you guys both here. Thank you for joining me. Um, Sarah and I know each other from being moms in Park City mm -hmm. and um, you're a big supporter of Wild Women Tribe. We have some upcoming events this summer at Alpine Distillery, which is what you own with your husband, Rob. Yes. And then you also have an apparel company, uh, Mountain Flower Apparel. Yes. And then Cree and I have like recreational hobbies in common, and she is this beautiful um, women empowerment, women wellness uh, coach, I would say, right, mm -hmm. down in Salt Lake. And you'll tell us a little bit more about the specifics as we delve into the topic of, of finding your voice. Yep. Um, so let's actually start there, and really, I want to hear from you what you both um, have on that topic of what does self-expression mean to you? Wow. Mm. <laughs> Do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll go. Um, I mean, in general, I would say self-expression is an ongoing thing. It's always shifting, changing, and very dynamic. Mm. When I look at how I express myself as a young child compared to how I express myself now and everything in between, it, there's been so many different forms of it. Um, I think ultimately a really big part that comes with that is self-identity and knowing myself. And then how do I share what I know as myself with the world and how I dress and what I do and where I shop and what I do with my life and really just having a congruency with expressing my inner self to the external world. That's what I'd say. Nice. Yeah. I'm so glad you went first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I like that. I think about finding your, it's just, yeah, I'm constantly, I think, in almost reinventing myself. There's that common core, that common theme since I think I was, you know, five or six years old and I clearly remember who am I, you know, where am I going? And, and it's always, I kind of go back to that, whether, you know, depending on different businesses I've had or how I do things and my involvement in the community. And it's, uh, it's exciting. The older I get, the more comfortable I get in my own skin. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, self-identity has been ever-evolving, like you have said, Cree. Um, and it's at different points in my life, I've been more comfortable and than other points in my life. And I really feel like there was a point in my late 20s, I was married and I was, you know, a mom. And it was just, I really felt like my voice is not present at all, you know, and it wasn't a conscious thing, but I think it was like this moment where I was waking up and feeling like kind of not even in my own life, mm -hmm. you know, observing it from afar where I was, it was a wake up call. It was something that took many years to actually step out of, but I remember feeling like this is not me. And furthermore, I don't actually know who me is. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you can relate to those feelings at all or stages in your life. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Having, yeah. having three boys at different stages, um, there were moments exactly. You, you go through this, you have the independence, you're going on this track, you know, whether you're in college or just on the career path, and um, you get married and you get into this role and then all of a sudden you become a parent and you're wearing then multiple hats because you're a caregiver first and foremost and then all these things, all these things kind of go 
to the side, whether intentionally or unintentionally, like you said, and, and then you're just almost busy, and it's never good to just be busy, and then you lose sight of, oh, I remember when I used to do this or used to do that, and it, it takes a while. I think that's a, a normal cycle of women, is, is, especially as they come into motherhood, is that independence, getting that, and then going into motherhood and kind of losing sight, focusing more on you know, creating this home, creating a safe environment, and then waking up going, wait, why am I stressed? I'm stressed because I don't, what am I, you know, what am I doing for me? And it's, uh, it's exciting and it's scary at the same time. Yes, definitely. So thank you for sharing that because I think you're, I think that's a common theme. What about you, Cree? Have you had cycles in your life where, you know, your voice has been absent and you've learned to step into that? Definitely a lot when I was younger and as I've gotten older and made my way through my 20s I'm 31 now and not yet a mother and but I, I teach a lot on the cycles of womanhood and it's always so fascinating to hear moms talk because that's such a common theme and I actually just did this in a woman's circle on Monday we were talking about the seasons of womanhood and that's one of the hardest transitions like first it's kind of like the adolescent switch and then you like enter into like more of your 20s and you kind of like feel like you know yourself a little bit more but you're still in that maiden energy but then motherhood comes in and it's like you lose self you lose that sense of identity everything that you gained it's like all about like home spacing kids and providing a good life for them and then it becomes a journey of like the return to self in a whole new way so since I haven't embarked on that I'm kind of in this like really solid place of identity and I'm curious to see how my experience will be when I do enter into motherhood because I feel very solid in that now and I know that it's just part of the cycle and it will shift and change. How did you get to a place where you were solid where you were able to say this is my voice and I'm going to speak it and I'm going to um, allow my life to be something that I am empowered to not control but really have a lot of involvement in I'd say that a big part of the journey started when I was right around 18, 19. I did this nine-day retreat with my family called The Awakening, which was just this huge eye-opening experience. And it was really a deep dive into the inner realms and just bringing a lot of awareness to like the choices in our life and how we've gotten to where we are and all these different things. And then I decided to enroll in a nine-month course with, it was called Dreammakers Academy. I think the name has changed, but at that point I had no idea, no concept of what self-love was. And I was like, okay, we can pick a goal. Like, I want to know what self-love is. Like, I can't even say anything good about myself. So like, I want to discover what this means for me. And so I invested in this nine-month program where we met every other week with a group and we did all sorts of workshops and trainings and there were a lot of different things that we would do exercises where it was like we would be up in the room as though we were presenting and we would dress a certain way and people would give us feedback like oh no that doesn't really fit you we'd come back the next day and something different and they'd be like oh that's so good for you and so that really helped me to like become refined in who I was and then as I developed a sense of self-love and self-confidence, then I felt more capable of expressing my voice. And there was a lot of things I had to go through in that experience of like with this support team of like calling this guy that I had a crush on and things went awry with it. And I was like so heartbroken and they were like, you need to call him and tell him. And I was like, this is so scary. I don't think I can do it. And I like sat down and I literally had to like sit and meditate and breathe. And I was like, called him. He didn't answer, went to voicemail, but I said what I needed to. 
And the sense of empowerment that came through after doing that, I was like, whoa, there's something to this, even though it's so scary and so intimidating. And so then I just continued and still continue to have that practice. And it's, it's a practice. It's an ongoing thing. Sometimes I'm way more confident in it, and other times I'm not. Do you feel, Sarah, like you have had um, instances in life where you've had to really speak up for yourself? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't? I never know what you're going to ask. So I'm like, what's she going to say? Um, yeah, I think there's that, 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 that pivotal time that's 17, 18, 19 years old where something's going to happen, something's going to trigger um, how you see things or how you um, how you present yourself. Um, I always wanted to be the best that I could be and travel and do these things and um, unfortunately the town that I lived in back when I was in high school um, there was a there was a school shooting oh, and, wow. and it was um, it kind of rocked everything because it was one of those first ones um, that people were aware of and it um, it was unfortunate because I knew the kids. I helped tutor those kids. I didn't go that day because I was making up a calculus test so I could go to the track meet. And there were a lot of feelings on that. And, and I th think, for me, that's when all of a sudden there was not just, you know, we're doing great, we represent, we volunteer, we do these things. All of a sudden it was like, well, no, these are serious things we need to talk. And for me, um, unfortunately, then again, there was another incident uh, almost a year later in Colorado, in Columbine, mm. and a few of us were brought in to talk with the other kids who had gone through it in just those recent weeks, and and that's when, for the first time, I was saying what I really felt, and not just to be loud or just to be heard, but in a in a way that I was expressing myself about. Um, fears or concerns I had or how things could be become better out of something that was um, extremely unfortunate. So you felt like um, a sense of empowerment through expressing where you were with clarity? Yeah, I felt for the first time I felt I could be a resource for someone who is going through something similar instead of taking it and digesting it on my own, talking to someone else and realizing Things happen, whether it's a it's a breakup, it's a it's a it's a you know unf you know fortunate incident like that, or something even wonderful. Um, sharing that and sharing that with other women, um, men too, but um, in this case, you know, sharing it with other women, all of a sudden it really opens up something where instead of um, having those feelings internally and just being like I'm so nervous, I'm so scared, you can share that, and then it's really becomes something that um, is greater and and really is I think is a good thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, Cree, I wanted to ask you about the work that you do with women. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it centers around menstrual cycles and finding your own true north as a woman. And I wanted to hear you kind of describe that in the context of finding your voice. Yeah, so uh, I have a course that I've created. It's called Embody Your Flow. And essentially, it's like teaching women everything that they should have learned about menstruation and they didn't. And it's a really beautiful blend of science meets spirituality meets healing. So it's really knowing what's going on in the body physically, but also the spiritual components of the menstrual cycle as well. So I've been working really intentionally as like a course of self-study for three solid years with my menstrual cycle. And not just when I'm bleeding, but like we're always somewhere in our cycle every day throughout the month and there's four different phases that we go through and so and each of them have different energetic components to them and so 
I use it as a way to schedule more cyclically instead of so linear. Like we're in such this linear nine to five, Monday through Friday world and women were cyclical beings. And so I, I structure my life and I work for myself so I'm really easily able to do this in a way that supports me in each phase of my cycle. I mean, even when you asked me to do this, I was like, well, if we do it, if we were gonna do it last week, I was like, I'm gonna be like the day before I'm bleeding, the least inspired of my cycle and like separating hardcore from the outside world. So we can do it and see what happens or we can wait a week. And now I'm like feeling in much better space to be here. And um, so it's just a great awareness and navigation tool to use that to speak to where I'm at within relationships and partnerships or different engagements that come up. It's like it's just a really good reference point because I've learned the hormonal influences and how I'm going to be in the state I'm going to be in so I'm no longer questioning like what's wrong with me? I was feeling so great last week and now everything seems to be like falling apart and I'm like oh no it's just the phase of my cycle I'm in and I can have a gentleness with myself and speak up for what I need to those loved ones in my life and help them better understand too. So being gentle with yourself and knowing that it's just a phase, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of times we like put so much emphasis on the thoughts that are floating through our heads when it's like, oh, it's just a thought. I mean, you don't have to attach to it, right? It'll be gone. You'll be thinking about something else and mm -hmm. you'll come back to that same thought like maybe, you know, 800 times that day, but <laughs> it's all right. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there is a lot to that, you know, as we try to find our voice or navigate who it is that we are and get to know each ourselves of paying attention to or not to the thoughts that we're having and the the, the cyclical nature of just being a human mm -hmm. i think that's great yeah so sarah you had mentioned um, as we were sitting down that there are some tools that you employ to kind of help listen to the voices and like give yourself the clarity and priority um, in the many, many hats that you juggle. Oh, um, yeah, but I think, gosh, if I'd known what you know now, I'd be a lot calmer. No, I think that's great, and I do, I do believe with that cycle and that flow, and that's especially in, in my case, as a, um, whether it's as being a female or a business owner, you know, there's definitely that roller coaster within a day where it's like, I'm great, I'm gonna get all these things done, and it's like, oh no, what have I done? Is there enough time, you know? and coming back to those different thoughts 800 different times a day. Mm. And um, I like the way you said that, Cree, is um, when you know yourself personally and you know what's going on, you can then tackle the day, tackle the week, tackle the month. And so for me, I, I like to, you know, it's kind of prioritizing, I think, as we were talking about um, when we have multiple hats that we wear. And um, it's for me, it's just putting together what are the goals I want to accomplish for the day? What am I going to do? And goals, we can kind of move and flow, and I, I learned that from Mary Gwynn at Rise Boxing, but if it becomes our to-do list, then we'll just, we're gonna do it. So the night before, um, kind of as things are wrapping up, I'm like, what are the six most important things I'm gonna do tomorrow? And because I have two different businesses, I have kids, I have volunteer commitments, I wanna make sure that I'm hitting all those, and then I'll have like, 20, 30 little sub things, whether even it's like remember to go to the post office or we need this from the store or don't forget to drop this off. Um, but that really helps because I can come back to that and no matter how I'm feeling or where I'm at, I just know, okay, we're gonna focus on these, these six right here, give it everything we have in that moment and we're gonna get to the rest because tomorrow the sun's still gonna come up <laughs> and we can just get it done then and if we don't get to it today. So it's a matter for you of 
being intentional beforehand and paying attention to the things that you most want to do to honor yourself. Yes, in an effort to, to, to find myself or make that time for myself, even if it's just getting up a little bit before everyone else does, make the coffee and I do my stretches on the floor and I'm thinking about my day. If those are those few moments I have, I know that all the stuff that's either got to go to school or the office, it's already in my car. Like even in mm -hmm. you know little places around, just so I've got this got to go here, this is going to do this, and it's a calmer morning. And I try to instill that with the kids, like the night before we pack our backpacks, we get our set, so we can have breakfast together, be calm, and greet the day with a sense of calm and understanding and being gentle to ourselves mm -hmm. instead of just diving right in. So nice. Um, Cree, do you have instances in your life where it's been difficult to speak your true self or express your voice? And can you give any examples of when um, you were challenged and you overcame that? Yeah, I mean, that one example I gave earlier is one, and it was definitely very present when I was younger. My mom, her journey of her life has been really finding her voice and being her mm. voice. And she was, you know, kind of like mousy and really intimidated to speak up and all these different things. And that was the example that I had growing up. And, you know, it, like it goes down her bloodline too. And so there's like ancestral things and just being a woman in this culture too. I think there's a lot to that. Um, and the way it showed up for me. Um, I'm just feeling like I want to speak a little bit to the body experience is it, it shows up very viscerally. Mm -hmm. I oftentimes can feel a heaviness in my chest, a restriction in my throat, tightness in my belly, and just like my whole body just kind of clenches up because there's something that wants to express itself and I'm not allowing it. I'm not allowing mm -hmm. that expression to flow through. and. So I've noticed like times when I have not expressed things, like it ends up getting in my jaw and my jaw gets really tight and tense. And I've been a body worker for 10 years and I see this all the time in people. And um, so just having practices of, I think a lot of it goes back to the more that I've learned to value myself, the easier it's been to speak up for where I'm at and what I need. And now it's at a point where it's just not really a question for me to be able to do that. And I just really like strive to live authentically. And I use my body as an indicator as like when I'm doing that and when I'm out of balance and maybe not speaking something when I need to. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Um, we learn so much to inhibit, I think, our bodies and to not pay attention because we want to control and we want to, you know, power through and all these kind of negative connotations of like feeling the signs or, or your body telling you something but then you're just like oppressing it and um, similarly like I had years of my life where you know I was a young mom and running businesses and just not feeling like the life that I led was one that I was choosing and I had so much resentment and anger and just all of these really negative kind of feelings that, you know, at the time I was married. And so it was very easy to point the finger of blame and say, well, it's, you know, this external thing that is making my life so difficult. And then fast forward to now and I've become divorced. And in a way, the blessing is that I no longer have that to blame for <laughs> the things that I'm not satisfied with. And so I really part of that whole separation process was like finding my voice and having no excuses anymore. So it's all me, right? Which was, it ended up being a beautiful opportunity 
to say, okay, well now I get to be real and I get to empower myself and really speak up and find what it is that is going to inspire me. So I think, yeah, I think a lot of us, you know, um, in the path of discovering our voices really have to go back to the self-love like you were talking about and just give ourselves and honor ourselves in that space of you got to find what it is that makes you tick, right? Mm-hmm. Do you Even have if it takes a really long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, did it <laughs> do you have experiences with that, Sarah, like of having to um, really come back to your core and saying, "Whoa, what really is what matters to me?" Yes. The Yeah, I had a um, for a long time a little thing that was called the disease to please. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you talked about your mother and your, you know, what you learned from her and how you kind of look for that guidance. And I, uh, my mother, my grandmother, um, I have a, 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 there's a lot of love, but there's a lot of hardness and a lot of, you know, life lessons. And I always just wanted to be, you know, I'm very good, one of the shiny little stars. And um, I think for me, um, you know, I learned a lot about myself when my parents got divorced and I was in college because I just did what they said and I was like, I'll just, you know, do this. And then they got divorced and started looking to me for advice where they're like, oh, I feel this way. And I was like, oh, what is happening? Why is this happening? Like it was really taking in going, oh my gosh, I just thought you guys knew everything. It was a very like, um, uh, Donna Reed, a show from the 50s, something like that. We're like, oh, you just, you know, it's great. And, I think for me, um, which is fortunate in this opportunity, is um, as I was finding, figuring that out and finding myself, like, well, what do I want? How do I want to live these things? And I had a chance when I met my husband um, shopping at Target. And <laughs> <laughs> I was leaving New Orleans and I was going to move and I met this guy and I changed my life and um, didn't move and, and we've been married ever since. And, um, and I think what was the greatest thing about that is there was, I was trying to find myself. And I think sometimes in our early years, you know, he's like, gosh, you're, you're so hard on yourself. You're so hard on these things. And, and now, fast forward, we've been married for quite some time. Then um, we have the three kids, as I had mentioned. But um, I get more and more comfortable with myself. And I'd say probably it was 10 years into our marriage. And I just was, I don't know. It was just a series of things. I was getting more and more comfortable with myself. I was going to, you you know, if they um, say in some of the mindfulness and meditation practices is don't should on yourself. Mm-hmm. So I was working on not don't should on myself. You know, I mm-hmm. should be this, should be that. And I got more and more uncomfortable in my skin. And with doing that, somewhere we said, um, you know, I realized, you know, my husband's like, I, I love you and I want to be with you. And I became more comfortable myself. And now coming into the 40s, I, I'm, I think I'm happier than I've ever been because I just, you know, I, I find some of that teenage aspect or that early 20s aspect that, you know, I thought I'd lost with early motherhood and, and career and things like that. So um, I think that's a, that's a great point that you made about, you know, we think it's something external, but once we start looking in and that journey is hard and sometimes it's ugly, and but then you realize, okay, so whether you surround yourself, whether it's your, you know, the relationship makes sense. Sometimes the best is to get out of the relationship. My parents are much better people now mm-hmm. <laughs> together. But um, but I think that's really is when you start looking in and you eliminate any any you know point of blame, 
you really can just focus on all the great stuff. I think you're amazing. I only know you at this great point, so I don't. I don't know that. I don't know the previous <laughs> life. <laughs> but I think, like, I think when you do the work on yourself and you take away the excuses and the finger pointing, then you learn your own boundaries in a good way. So you can learn how to say no in a very firm but respectful and like self-loving way. And then the people around you respond to that, mm -hmm. right? Because if you, um, you know, I was a pleaser as well. Like if you only please, then people will just kind of assume, well, this person is just going to say yes to everything that I ask them, you know, and almost give people permission to take advantage of you. So I think for me, like finding my voice has been becoming more clear in my yeses and my nos mm -hmm. yeah. in a good way. Yeah, I just want to add one thing to yeah. that. One of the things they would have us do in that nine month workshop that I did was like for people who know was really hard for them, everything was a no with a but let me think about it so that they could really have that opportunity to for one say no, which was difficult for them to do and I took this into practice too and then it was followed up but let me think about it, like this isn't a hard no, unless it was a hard no then that was it and then it gave you the time to tune in and be like is this something I want to do? Hmm yeah, actually I do want to do this. And it could be like f a few days that you would think about it and really be in that no before choosing into a yes or following up with, no, this is still a no for me, I'm not gonna do this. And it's hard to do at first. Yeah. Right, I remember mm -hmm. the first couple of times I said no and I felt like, <gasps> am I going to disappoint someone? Am I letting someone down? Mm -hmm. You know, what will they think? Because I've normally always said yes. I mean, it really is like a hard, kind of vulnerable space to put yourself in because like we all want to be accepted and loved and um, turned to I guess so I want to use that do you guys mm -hmm. have I like any that, space. other tips yes. because that was a good one yeah. that was really good <laughs> well and just what you were saying about like knowing your yes and your no I feel like our bodies are always speaking to us and so that can be an indicator. Like you, you have to take it on as a practice. I like to look at everything in life as a practice. We're mm -hmm. all like figuring out how to be human beings on this planet and like everything is just a practice. It's all part of the journey. And so like a yes generally in the body feels lighter. It feels more expansive. There's this feeling of like, oh, I wanna move towards whatever that thing is. There's an expansion to it. And then a no generally feels heavier and there's more of a contraction and a pulling away from and just something like your guts might tighten up or your shoulders or something. It's like, ugh, like you can usually feel and you don't wanna do it. And then you say yes and then you end up having thoughts of like, oh, I shouldn't have said yes to that. I really didn't wanna do it. So make note of that. And the moment and learn from it and like take a second to tune into your body before answering and it, our bodies are speaking to us and letting us know where things are at we just have to be present with them and tuned in and listening I love that yeah it's giving you some nice space mm -hmm. to take on that clarity wow. yeah yeah it helps take off the pressure so that we can really like tune in and be like what is my truth in this moment because it's always changing yeah. boundaries are always changing it's an ongoing thing and sometimes you can't really rationalize your um, reasons for something, but mm -hmm. if you feel into it uh, and you let your intuition guide you, that's often the right route to go, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Maybe that good feeling. Or it's, it's the, the, gut, the gut feeling or whatever right. you want to call it. But yeah, I think maybe the big takeaway from our conversation is like just give yourself the space to listen to yourself because you know mm -hmm. what you want and what serves you. And yeah. yeah. 
Well, thank you guys for being here and for sharing your perspectives. They're beautiful and so helpful. And um, I want to give you the opportunity to share social media or ways that people can contact you if they want to reach out and um, find you. Yeah, so um, <laughs> right now I have my website. It's just my name, creecox.com. So it's C-R-E-E-C-O-X.com. I am on Facebook, that's the only social media, but I actually haven't been on for the past four months. I was gonna do a two week social media break and it's still ongoing because it's wow, still just nice. been a no. I've just been in this internal process and I've needed to step away from all of that and all of like the pressures of being out there in the world and businessy things and so I've just been honoring that. Um, so there's not really anything on there as of late, but. I will be back, and it's just my name on Facebook as well. And you run a New Moon Women's Circle in mm -hmm. Salt Lake every month, mm -hmm. so people can reach out and yeah. find out more yeah, about Yeah, there's that. a Facebook group called New Moon Woman, and you can just search that on Facebook and, yes, ask to join. Awesome. Yeah. I'll check that out. Um, you can find me in two different locations <laughs> um, at Alpine Distilling. Uh, we have a website, Facebook, social media, so it would be alpinedistilling.com or hashtag alpinemoment. And then my other company, Mountain Flower Apparel, um, same thing, Mountain Flower Apparel, or that's just the social media handle for all, for all avenues on that. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. Um, as we wrap up, I wanted to give a big shout out of thanks to Park City TV for being the media host in producing these Ignite podcasts. If you want to find out more about Wild Women Tribe, we've got lots of excursions and um, opportunities for women to connect in the outdoors. On our website, wildwomentribe.net, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, feel free to follow along on these podcasts as well. We're on Stitcher and SoundCloud and YouTube. So thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.